0: Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, So as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to walk down here and grab my Bible and and my coffee. And walk back up. I um. I do want to. Uh, I do want to read a text just for a moment. Please excuse me. Um, my father-in-law, Monty, is is in the hospital. And uh, just got a text uh, on, on his condition. And so he's got some, some swelling going on. So if you don't mind, let's, let's take a moment and pray. Uh, pray for him and the Lord's healing touch uh, upon, upon him. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, I, uh, I thank you that we can come to you. I thank you for the wonderful gift of prayer. And Lord, we do come to you uh, this morning and uh, just bring my father-in-law uh, and, and and our brother in Christ and a faithful church member and leader. Uh, child, your child, we just bring him to you in Jesus' name. And we pray right now uh, there in the hospital that you would come and bring your uh, healing touch in the mighty name uh, of Jesus. And you would bring wholeness and complete health uh, to his whole body. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Surround him with your favor. Uh, Give every caregiver uh, great skill and wisdom and just a connection and a love uh, for for my father-in-law, Mani. And just bring your blessing and your presence to right where he is. Fill him with your joy and your peace. Let your healing touch come upon him and heal his body. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bring wholeness and healing and sanctification to his whole spirit, soul, and body right now. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise Jesus. I would like to... uh, Start a Christmas series, and i can 't believe how close it is can you <laughs> it always it always sneaks up on me and and surprises me. Uh, I heard somebody on the radio say the other day that that Christmas is the center of children 's calendar you know that everything revolves around Christmas, and I remember that that was true true for me it was it was when 's Christmas and then after after it was over when 's Christmas and then after it was over. When's Christmas? And then after it was over When's Christmas? And it uh, seemed like it took forever, didn't it? I mean, just when will Christmas get here? I think that there is even actually a saying, it's as slow as Christmas. Isn't that, you remember that saying? Because yeah, it just felt like it would never, ever get here. But, but now as an adult, it's like, man, Christmas is here again? What in the world? These things are just, this is just flying, uh, flying by. But, uh, but this year, I am especially uh, thankful for, uh, for uh, the Christmas season and, and I hope that uh, you are as well uh, and I hope that in this Christmas season we can uh, we can put aside everything else that has gone on and happened and that we can focus uh, on Jesus and that it will be a time of celebration and a time of thanksgiving and a time uh, of uh, rejoicing and uh, what I'd like to to call this uh, Christmas series is just simply uh, Merry Christmas. Um, there's a lot less of that uh, these days and, uh, and I think that we need to bring it back uh, and so I want to uh, say uh, Merry Christmas uh, every chance uh, that I get uh, and I want to encourage you to say uh, Merry Christmas uh, every chance that you get and I want you to uh, to not only say uh, merry christmas but I want you to to spread uh, the merriness of christmas uh, to everyone that you can so so what we want to do is as we ourselves want to have a merry christmas and we want to say merry christmas to all that we can and we want to spread the merriness of christmas all uh, around, how many of you know that uh, that that it is fitting to put Mary in front of Christmas to say Mary uh, Christmas? Uh, I just looked up the word uh, Mary. Um, you know, knew what it meant, but just interesting to to see what you know synonyms and stuff like that that you know, would go with it. And there's there's no surprise here, but it's it's worth saying because this is how Christmas uh, should be. You know, Mary is it, it is a it's cheerful and lively. That's what that's what Christmas should be. It should be a joyous, uh, wonderful, uh, cheerful, uh, lively uh, time, right? Isn't it? Isn't it the most wonderful time of the year? Is it, is that a what is that a song? Yeah, it's a song. That's right. Hmm. It's it's the it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's cheerful uh, and and lively. It's uh, characterized by uh, festivity and rejoicing and then there was the, and then there was the quote it was the you know how they use the word in a sentence we wish you a merry christmas it's a cheerful and lively time it should be a time of of festivity and a time of rejoicing so we want to make sure that that the merry christmas doesn't get lost And that it remains a merry uh, Christmas, a time of rejoicing, a time of smiling, a time of joy, a time of festivity, a time of uh, celebration. We've got to make sure this year, I encourage you to have a Merry Christmas, to proclaim and say uh, Merry Christmas, and to make sure that you are sharing the merriness of Christmas everywhere you go. Wouldn't it be cool for people to just get so frustrated and irritated with you because of the wonderful Christmas spirit that you have? Be like, my goodness. That person is driving me crazy. They're so excited about Christmas. They're so in the Christmas spirit. We got to get in. What is the Christmas spirit? It's got to be that, doesn't it? You know, you know, cheerful and and lively, festivity and and rejoicing, giving and sharing and encouraging and spreading the life of Christ to everyone that we can. How many of you know that there's a that there is a war on Christmas? That that. And and the reason why is because Christmas is all about Christ. It's all about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so and so there is a a, a a attack on Christmas that comes from the from the false deceptive spirit of Antichrist. Doesn't it make sense that the Antichrist would want to do away with Christmas? That the Antichrist would be against Christmas? And so we find that there is a war on uh, Christmas, and uh, and 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 it's and it's and it's not only out in the world, but it's gotten into the church as well, to where there are Christians who have actually who are actually trying to find reasons to not have a merry Christmas, to not proclaim Merry Christmas, to not say uh, Merry Christmas. Well, you know, I am I am ready to fight this war on Christmas. And as long as I am alive, uh, Christmas is going to be celebrated, at least by me and my uh, household. we got to keep the merry in uh, Christmas. It is so incredibly life-giving. It is so uh, incredibly uh, important uh, that we, uh, so I I guess basically what I'm trying to say, uh, that we all out, all in, passionately celebrate Christmas, that we do it this year, that we need it, we need to do it this year, maybe more than any other, but, but that we celebrate Christmas this year, and that it's a Merry Christmas, and that we do it every year of our lives. I, I certainly don't want to be the guy responsible for, for killing Christmas, for putting an end to the to the worldwide celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I certainly don't want to be that guy. I'd rather be the guy who, who, who rolled up my sleeves and said, I'm going to battle uh, for Christmas. We're going we're gonna to fight for it, and we're going to keep it a, a merry uh, Christmas. So this year, you know, I don't care what culture says, I don't know if it's acceptable or not acceptable anymore to say merry Christmas. I know at one point in time you couldn't say that because that would offend people, but everything offends people anyway. So you know, what do you do? Just go say it. Just say, uh, "Merry Christmas," you know, and 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 proclaim uh, and spread uh, the merriness uh, of of Christmas uh, all around. Now, now, you know, you may be thinking, you may not. This, should, but but when I say it, maybe you'll think it. Then, you know, well, why should we do this, and why is this uh, so important, and and why is this uh, such uh, such a big uh, deal that that we should. Uh, that we should celebrate Christmas and that we should uh, say uh, merry christmas and spread uh, the merriness of christmas all around and and so uh, one of the one of the more important reasons one of the main uh, reasons uh, that we need to that we need to be merry uh, this christmas and that we need to to uh, be spreading the merriness of christmas uh, all around is 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 purpose we need to do this because of our, our purpose, uh, because, and, and our purpose, by the way, is under attack as well. There is a war on uh, our uh, purpose, and so we need to, we need to uh, let me encourage you to, to be merry this Christmas on purpose, and to be merry this Christmas with a purpose. You know, to, to, you know, to, to decorate and, and celebrate and, and everything that we do at Christmas and give and, and do, it, do it on purpose and do it with a uh, purpose. And, and our purpose, if, uh, if we need to be reminded, I'll go ahead and remind us, our, our purpose and that Christmas gives us a wonderful opportunity to fulfill is to proclaim the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to tell His uh, story, and we need to be telling the story of Christ, and what better opportunity do we have than at Christmas to proclaim and tell the story of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and I think that we see uh, this, this purpose uh, show up uh, in uh, in in the uh, in in Luke and also uh, in John uh, that that when when Luke starts his gospel that right off the bat uh, he reveals what he's up to and reveals purpose and we also see this in John as well so you know so so Luke gives us this wonderful detailed account of the Christmas story of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the events that head up to it and the event itself and the events that take place after it and and, and Luke as as he begins the book of Luke tells us the reason why uh, that he is that he is giving uh, all that he's telling the life of Christ and that he is sharing this detailed uh, Christmas story uh, with us and I want to I want to share it with you because I think that we need to uh, maybe maybe not reconnect with it. Maybe some of us do. We need to be uh, reminded with it. So let's look at Luke uh, chapter one, verse one. Luke says, "Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled uh, among us, and just as they were handed down to us." by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. He also uh, speaks, like John does, uh, of Jesus as the word. And, and very interesting, uh, right off the bat, Luke makes it clear that he's not, he's not giving here theory. That he's not giving here uh, mother goose, uh, fiction, uh, fairy tale. He says, he says, many have undertaken uh, have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled uh, among us so what he's saying here is is that these things that have uh, been fulfilled uh, among us uh, these these are are have been declared by the Old Testament prophets they were prophesied hundreds of years before they ha- they happened and they have not yet been fulfilled but now as he's about to tell us the life of Christ these things have been fulfilled so in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the prophecies of the, of the Old Testament prophets were fulfilled in his life. So, so Luke is right off the bat giving us evidence that, that this is not theory that he's about to share with us, that this isn't made up, that it's not fiction, that these things have been fulfilled, that, that the life of Jesus has fulfilled what the prophets prophesied. And then he says that... That they were handed down uh, to those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. That, that these things that, that, uh, that he has learned, that he's about to write, he has learned these from eyewitnesses who were actually there and saw these things take place. So, so I want to show you this is not fairy tale, this is not theory, and this is not fiction. It's not Mother Goose. So, so now, uh, just let me throw this in here, and I may talk about this later on down the road, but I'll just throw this in here right now because this is so important that the opposition against Christmas, against celebrating Christmas that has gotten into the church, the reasons that some Christians have embraced to not celebrate Christmas, let me tell you, they are, they are I've, I've looked at this and studied it, they are theories, they are theories based on historical evidence, but they are not proven fact. But what Luke is going to tell us is, has been fulfilled, fulfilled prophecy that he learned from eyewitness account. right? So, so all these oppositions against Christmas, let me just say this again, those things are theories we don't even know if they're true. But, but many have embraced them as truth so much so to that they have that they have stopped celebrating Christmas. That that these theories have stolen from them Merry Christmas. But but theories cannot be things that we build our lives upon. That become, we can't claim theories as truths, right? It it would be like it would be like, and this is kind of an extreme example, but just let me go ahead and throw it out there and you deal with it what you want. It would be like it would it would be like to stop. Uh, believing and proclaiming the Genesis creation account. And it'd be like to stop uh, celebrating that and proclaiming that and teaching that uh, because of the theory of evolution. By the way, evolution is a theory. If nobody didn't know that, now you do. Not everybody knew that. In this room, everybody knew that. But many people believe that it's fact. It's not. Actually, evolution is is theory that's not even based on historical evidence, that actually goes against historical scientific evidence. It's funny, in our culture, everything's about the science, right? Science is lord of all now, right? Every, science, but evolution is disproven by science, and yet evolution is believed. It's just a theory. So all these things that are, that are against Christmas, these things are are theoretical, they're Based on historical evidence, but they're, they're theories. But what Luke is telling us has has been prophesied and fulfilled, and has been has been learned from eyewitness servants of the of the word. So moving on here, with this in mind, since I myself have. Carefully investigated everything uh, from the beginning, uh, which I would always encourage you to do to 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 carefully investigate things and when 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 things are taught, when I teach stuff, to go ahead and carefully investigate uh, things that are being taught things that are being said so Luke uh, you know just to just a genius anyway probably and, and, and obviously you know, we know led by the Holy Spirit, uh, carefully investigated everything from the beginning. He said, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, uh, most excellent Theophilus, so that, so we see purpose here, so that you, most excellent Theophilus, you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So here Luke's saying, I'm, a, I'm about to give you the story of Jesus, and he's going he's to start you know, with, the, with the birth of John the Baptist and then move into the birth of Jesus, and he's about to give uh, all, this, all, this, uh, all this story of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all this account and all this detail so that most excellent Theophilus will know for certain the things that, that he has been taught. This is such an important part of christmas it is the the teaching and the proclaiming of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is, it is a telling of all the prophecies that have been fulfilled and sharing the eyewitness accounts of the disciples and, and the, and the relationships that Jesus had, the people that walked with Him and talked with Him. It, it is, it is sharing all of these things and all of these details so that, so that each and every one of us will not only know the things that we've been taught, but we will know for certain the things that we have been taught. I, I just want you to know right now that, that, that in the younger generation, it's probably everywhere, but we see it so much in the younger generation, there is so much confusion. There's so much doubt. There is so much uncertainty among our children and among our teenagers. There's so much uh, confusion and doubt and uncertainty that, 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 that many of these kids are embracing and following whatever wind of teaching may come along. And we need to jump on the opportunity that Christmas gives us to proclaim the truth of Christ so that our children and our young people will grow up to be adults who know for certain the things that they have been taught right i want to, i want elizabeth to get into her 20s and get married and have children and face all the deception of the world without any trouble at all, because she knows for certain who her Savior is. She knows for certain His story; it's it, all of its truth is down inside of her heart and cannot be removed. Luke says, "Luke says, I want you to know, each and every one of you, to know for certain that this is true." And it happened the way that I say that it happened, that all of the events have taken place. And because when we know for certain the truth of this, then we know for certain that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that there is life that is found in His name. Now I told you that, that John also, uh, in the Gospel of John, reveals this, this same intent, uh, this same uh, purpose. And he, and he shares it with us. It, it's so cool how John does this. John actually comes off the page and talks to me. He actually comes off the page and talks to you, specifically to you, this morning, John's going to speak, the Apostle John's going to speak specifically to you. Isn't that cool? He does this in, in John uh, chapter 20, In, in the, in the story where Jesus appears to Thomas, I'm sure you're familiar with this story and it's like an Easter story, but let's claim it for Christmas this, this morning because it, because it is a powerful story that we need to be reminded of. You'll remember in John chapter 20 that, that Jesus has been crucified on a Roman cross, that he was buried in a rich man's tomb, and that he rose again on the third day, just as he said he was. Hallelujah. Seemed to get by you a little bit right there. So let me just say that again. Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross and he died. They, they, they did nail nails through his hands and hold him on the cross. There was a, a Roman spear that was thrust into his side. He was dead. He was taken down off of the cross by Joseph of Arimathea and, and, and wrapped and balmed and placed in his tomb. And that tomb was sealed up and closed and guarded. He was dead. He was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. He said that he would. And then he did it. He said that this would be the evidence that he's not some crazy man that this would be the evidence that he truly is the messiah the christ the son of god and even though even though hell and death and the devil did everything they could to hold him in that grave Ephesians 2 says that god exerted his power on that day and even though even though the devil and all of his armies were st- were, were holding that stone closed. They could not keep Jesus in the grave, and he rose again on that third day. And then he appeared to his disciples, and he showed himself to them, and they saw him, and they talked with him, and they met with him. But when he did it, Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't in the room. And so the disciples came to Thomas and they said, Thomas, you're never going to believe this. Jesus has risen from the dead. We saw him. We talked with him. We met with him. And Thomas says, you're right, I don't believe it. He said, I never believe it. I don't. He said, until I I see his hands, until I see his side. Thomas said this. He said, I will not believe. I wonder how many are making that declaration these days. I wonder how many have been have encountered the truth of the gospel of Jesus name and have said I will not believe until this takes place I will not believe that's what Thomas said he said until I see him for myself until I can touch his hands and see his side I will not believe so let's pick up the story there in John chapter 20 verse 8 is it 24 Scott's on it now Thomas also known as Didymus one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the Lord but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see, you see Thomas was there. Thomas witnessed. He saw him crucified. He knew that there were nail marks in his hand. He knew that, that a spear had been thrust into his side and blood and water flowed. He knew that Joseph of Arimathea had, had taken him down and buried him in his tomb. He knew that it was sealed up and that it was guarded. And he said, and he said man, I'm, I'm, I don't see how in the world this is possible, that Jesus could have risen, that he could have appeared, and I will not believe until I see the nails and until I put my hand in his side. A week later, his disciples were in a house again in the house again, and Thomas was with them. though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace, be with you jesus uh, Jesus able to get in even though the doors were locked uh, um, isn't that amazing right so you, you can't lock your doors to keep jesus out if you know if you were wondering about that you can't Lock your doors to keep him out. And when he shows up, he declares, peace be with you. Because where Jesus is, and when he comes in, then comes peace and only peace. If Jesus is locked out and doesn't come in, then there's not peace. But he comes in and he says, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, this is, you know, this story about Thomas and Jesus dealing with Thomas's doubts. He said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he says this to Thomas, and this is so important, and, and, and we need to hear this. Maybe, maybe in this crazy year we need to hear this. He says to him, he says, stop doubting and believe. Speaks to Thomas, and he says, Thomas... Come on, man. All that we've been through, all that we've faced, all that we've gone through, stop doubting and believe. Here I am for you, Thomas. Here I am so that you can, so that you can see me. Here I am so that you can see my hands and, and you can touch my side so that you, Thomas, will stop doubting and believe. And, and I think you could slap in here, you know, Luke, back to Luke chapter 1, so that you, the most excellent Thomas, would stop doubting and believe and that you would know for certain the things that you have been taught, the things that you have been told. I think maybe we need as Christians to hear this in this crazy year, we need to stop doubting because when we when we doubt, it opens up the door for all kinds of trouble to come into our lives. We need to stop doubting and we need to believe. And many people maybe are saying, well, you know what, if Jesus would show up in my room, And show me his hands and show me his side, then I would stop doubting and believe as well. If he would do for me what he did for Thomas, then I would stop doubting and I would believe as well. But, but wouldn't it, wouldn't, shouldn't it just be enough to hear the words of Jesus right here as Jesus shows up in the room? Shouldn't it just be enough for us to know what Jesus did for Thomas? So then what does Thomas say? That I pray that we would all say. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Thomas believed and he declared, you are my Lord and you are my God. And then verse 29, it says this, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I wonder how many are stuck on this, man. They've got to, I need to see. I need to see. Like, I need Jesus to show up in front of me. I need to see the nail marks in his hand. I need to see it in his side, or, or I will not believe. And maybe, maybe this Christmas, we ought to just lay down all that and recognize the reality that we can believe without seeing. That we can believe without Jesus showing up and showing us himself. That, that, and, and that when we do, there is a blessing that comes on those who have not seen and yet have believed. So there is a A blessing, an extra special blessing that comes on those of us who read the gospel of Luke, who read the gospel of John, who read the law and the prophets and the things that were prophesied and who listen to the proclaiming of the story of Christ and and through through the evidence that is presented through the gospels without even... Even seeing Jesus, believe and know for certain that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. I don't know that Jesus is going to show up and show himself to you. I don't know that he won't. He certainly could. He hasn't done that for me as, as far as Appearing in the room and and allowing me to touch him, but he has brought revelation to each and every one of us who have run to him so that we know for certain that he is who he says he is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, There's a blessing that comes on those who have not seen and yet have. Believed so. I don't want to turn to Romans ten, but just let me run you through Romans ten again, and because this this fits so powerfully here and to what we're talking about in this Christmas season, to the reason why we need to be we need to be saying Merry Christmas and proclaiming the story of Christ and preaching and making known the gospel of Jesus' name. Romans tells us. Romans ten tells us that that we live in the day, and we still live in it that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then Paul goes on to say, he says, but, but how can they call on one they've not heard? It's not, it's not one they've not seen. It's one they've not heard. How can they call on one they've not heard? And how can, or how can they call on one they've not believed? I'm sorry. Maybe I should have turned to it and read it. How can they call on one they've not believed? And how can they believe in one they've not heard? So how can, how can anyone trust in Jesus and know for certain who he is if they have not, if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they've not heard? How can they believe if we stop telling the Christmas story? How can they believe if we stop telling the, the, the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How can they believe if we stop celebrating and proclaiming and rejoicing and declaring Merry Christmas? It's like we say Merry Christmas and then the next generation says, well, why? And we tell them. And when we tell them, they hear And when they hear, they believe. And when they believe, they call. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he says, this is why it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who do what? Bring good news. This is good news that we're celebrating. This is good news that we are proclaiming. So then John goes on to say this, now, now John kind of switches gears here as he enters in to verse 30. He's been telling this story and now it's so, it's so powerful, it's so beautiful. Now John is going to speak to me and he's going to speak directly to you because the word of God is written for us. It's Luke saying, it's Luke saying, I'm writing this for you, most excellent Theophilus. What he's saying is, I'm writing this for you. For all of you, most excellent Elizabeth, most excellent Kaya, most excellent Jason, I'm writing this for you, most excellent Miss Margaret, so that so that you might know the certainty of what you have heard. This is what John says. Listen to him. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that Who is it? That you. That you, Sarah. That you, Tanner, trying to hide back there. I see you. I see you. That you, Tanner, that you may what? That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. I might just would add, you know, not adding, but just Just would say it this way that believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the the only begotten Son of God. And then John adds this, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John says, John says, there's destruction, there's death. There's there's stealing and killing and destroying and devouring all around us It's happening to our children. It's happening to our young people. It's happening to family. It's happening to marriage. It's happening in our culture. It's tearing apart our generation. He said, it's it's all around us. He says, but it's not what Christ has for us. And it's not what I want for you as well. What does he say? He said, "I I want you to have life in his name. Because in the name of Christ, there is life. I want my three children to know that they to me are my most excellent Theophilus. And it's not just them, it's, it's all of you and, and, and young people everywhere and, and everyone that we come in contact with. There's something as a believer who has been changed and transformed, born again, that has shifted and changed in our lives where we want this not only for ourselves, but we want it for others as well. We want to declare as Jesus did, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but in Christ there's life that is abundant and rich and beautiful and full. We want everyone everywhere to to believe because we know that when they believe in Jesus, that in His name they will find not death and destruction. They'll not be devoured and ruined. In Jesus they will find life in His name. So so John says, I've, I've written all this down. I've put all this out there. I've declared all of this so that, like Luke, you might know that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that that Jesus, who was born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, that he is more than just a prophet, that he is more than just a good man, that he is more than just a great teacher, that he is actually the Christ, the Messiah, the fulfillment of every Old Testament prophecy, that he is the only begotten Son of God. Of God, and that everyone who believes in Him shall not perish, yeah, but have everlasting life. Merry Christmas. Well, why? Because Jesus came and He was born and He is the Savior of the world. He is the one that was prophesied. He is the one that was proclaimed. He is the fulfillment of each and every one of those. He said He would go to the cross for our sins, and He did. He said He would shed His blood once and all as an all-sufficient sacrifice to wipe away and forever take care of my sin problem so that I could enter in through the veil that by the way He rent into the presence of God and in my connection with Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit find life in His name. He came that we might have abundant life and in Christ Jesus, I will go to my grave proclaiming that there is life in His name, in the name of Christ, and in Christ alone, we find abundant life. John said, I want you to live So I'm preaching Jesus, I'm proclaiming Jesus, I'm celebrating Jesus, so that you, each and every one of us, you, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Why should we proclaim Merry Christmas? Why should it be a Merry Christmas? Why should we spread the merriness of Christmas to everyone that we can? Because Christmas is all about telling the story of Jesus. It's all about proclaiming that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, declaring that he's the only begotten son of God, and that that if you will believe in him, you will find life that is abundant. Let me tell you about abundant life one more time. There's like four, four F's of abundant life that, that are found in Christ and in Christ alone. I think we find all of these in John chapter 15. It is in Christ we find fulfillment or, or fruitfulness that we will find nowhere else if we reject jesus and won't believe in him we'll spend our lives searching this world to find something that will fulfill us and make our lives fruitful and we'll find it nowhere but in christ jesus we find one of one of the things that's necessary for abundant life and that is fruitfulness we find a life of of, of meaning and purpose and then in christ jesus we find friendship finally In Christ, we can be successful at relationships. We can have wonderful, life-giving, beautiful friendships in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If, if, If there's not wonderful friendship in your life, if there's not wonderful relationship in your life, if you are a lone ranger, if you are a solo act, if you are all by yourself, which by the way, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. If you, are, if you are all by yourself, I got a few smiles out of that. Elizabeth rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will not be enjoying or experiencing abundant life. But in Christ Jesus, we can have life-giving, wonderful friendships and relationships. I want this for our children, I want this for our youth. I certainly want it for mine. I want it for myself. I want it for each and every one of you. John wanted it for us as well. Number three, third, uh, third uh, F is freedom. In Christ Jesus, we find freedom. Can, can you imagine, uh, can you imagine uh, trying to uh, have abundant life and not be free? Bound and imprisoned and slaved and being like, yeah, this is wonderful. Look at all these chains on me. Weighing me down and, and binding me and, and holding me back. There's no abundant life without freedom. There's no freedom outside of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if you believe in His name, you will find freedom. And freedom is one of the absolutely necessary parts of abundant life. And then, and then that, that fourth F is, is it's got to be forever. It's not abundant life if it's not forever. It's not abundant life if it's not eternity. And in Christ Jesus, we find not only the goodness of the Lord here, but we find the goodness of the Lord in our lives for all eternity. I wish I had another hour and we just go to the book of Revelation and we just tear apart our inheritance, our eternal home. But we've done that, but I'd love to do it again and again and again and again and again because it is going to be wonderful the wonderful, eternal life that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you, let me share a verse with you you've probably not heard. I'm just, I'm just a pastor. I'm good at digging this stuff out. It's, called, it's, it's, it's found in John three sixteen. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever be- believes in him will not perish but have everlasting Everlasting life. In Christ Jesus, we find life that is fruitful. We find life that is beautiful relationships. We find uh, life that is, that is freedom. And we find uh, life uh, that is eternal. The abundant life that is found in our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Let me, let me end by just uh, kicking to, the, to a part of the Christmas story. I'm just going to read a segment uh, of this, and and then we'll pray. Kick into, uh, to Luke uh, chapter two. I want to drop right to where the uh, angels appear to the shepherds. I know, I know that you know all of this, uh, but 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 let's just be reminded of this wonderful uh, truth. Let's see the good news uh, in here. Let's see the rejoicing uh, in here. Let's see that this is a merry, wonderful time. this is good news that we're talking about. This is good news that, that brings a, a merriness to our heart, that brings joy for all the people. And if we will remember this good news and celebrate this good news and proclaim this good news, I, I know there will be people who reject it. And in doing so, they'll reject the joy of the Lord that will come into their lives. But there will be those who believe. There will be those who embrace there will be those who know for certain the joy of the Lord and joy will come in to their lives. I also wanted to point this out uh, to us. I know we know this, but we've got to see this all through Scripture. That this is good news that will cause great joy uh, for uh, some of the people. For uh, others, but not you. For all the people. This is good news for you. This is good news for each and every One of you. This is good news for all the people because Jesus has come to all so that all may come to Him. And you can choose to uh, reject Him and deny Him if you want to, but you can also choose to believe in Him and to embrace Him and come to Him. And if you will believe in Him, in the certainty of who he is and his promises and his and the life that is found in him if you will believe in him then then you will find in him life that is full and rich and abundant and forever eternal you will find that he is savior and lord you will find that he does bring joy and peace. You will find that in him truly is freedom. You will find that in him there will be a light that comes to you and that light will light up your life so that you will finally live if you will believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has come and his coming is good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. And for all who will believe in Him, they will find life in His name. I hope, I hope today, today, I hope today that you will stop doubting and that you will believe. And because you believe in Jesus, I know that you will have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. Let's pray together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just ask you this morning, if you've been doubting, if you've doubted and not believed, but, but you want to put an end to that today, And you want to stop doubting and you want to believe and you want to confess your faith and trust and belief, your certainty in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I just ask you to raise your hand. Amen. I see your hands. If you're watching online, I just ask you to just raise your hand right where you are watching. If you're listening on the podcast and and you're driving, keep one hand on the steering wheel and raise the other one up. If you're not driving, you raise it up however you'd like to raise it up. Now, let's just raise our hands in a declaration of our faith and trust in Jesus. And With your hand raised, just pray with me and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I do believe that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And I declare that today I am making you my Savior and my Lord. I receive your sacrifice, your forgiveness. I open my heart, ask you to come in and be Lord of my life. Bring life to me and help me to live to bring glory and honor to you.